Hello, I'm Kenza, and this is the Finding Space podcast. Welcome back to the Finding Space podcast. This week, I interview American cyclocross and mountain bike rider Ellen Noble. Ellen opens up about the highs and lows of her career, about how a therapist has helped her mindset to the sport, and she explains how we need to redefine the word professionalism to improve the sport. Enjoy! But when you are in those long trips away around Europe or around the world, how did you, or I guess now, how do you go about dealing with that? I have like so many visions like flashing through my head right now of times that I've spent alone and I was absolutely cracking. And I think probably the only thing that like worse than being alone on a trip, just wanting to hang out with someone is being on a trip with other people and still feeling like completely isolated. And I have a lot of those experiences where like you're just with people that like you don't connect with that don't like you that you like don't feel safe around and probably you feel just as lonely and like you still have other people that you're living with. And it can, it can get really hard. Like we all, you know, share similar goals in cycling, but it doesn't mean that the personalities always line up or like that everyone, that everyone wants to make other people happy. Um, And I think like that's probably the number one thing in years past that has impacted like my mental state is when like things can be going well in my career and I'm still unhappy because I've always felt very alone. And it's funny because like, you know, last year I had an amazing season and I won a ton of races in a row and I was like on a World Cup podium and podium at Pan Ams and Nationals. Like it was it was a really good year for the most part, um, especially like domestically. And I was like still not happy with it. And that wasn't the first time that this has happened. Like even when I was the world cup leader, I was like really struggling mentally because I felt like it was me against the world. But then this year when I don't remember the last time I had a good race, it's been about a year since I've had a race where I felt like myself. And it's funny because it's like so freaking hard, but like at the end of the day, if you like take the career component out of it, I'm actually so happy because I feel so supported from all like components in my life. Like I have, you know, I have a manager and a coach that are like very involved in my career and that like, I really feel like are on my team and like my mom and my grandmother are able to come to more races than they used to. And my boyfriend is super supportive and like is able to, you know, either support me at the race or support me from afar. But having like having that kind of a team of like, as people have called it, like their support village, um, that can really, really, really change it for me. Like, Do you almost feel a detachment from you as just Ellen away from the bike, even just training and then in the race and having that tough time, maybe that isolation and does that sometimes trouble you? It's like how I'm so happy away from it, but I'm really struggling. Is that yeah, I think I, quite hard to deal with? I kind of have to have a detachment now. Yeah. Like, I think that that's the one thing. Like, I, I know that I'm going to come back from whatever's going on. I'm not there yet, <laughs> but I will. Like, I, I refuse to, to quit. And like, I keep joking about going to work at the post office. Like, I wouldn't do that anyway, but that's been like my kind of figure of speech. Um, but like I'm going to come back from this and I think like if any if nothing else like I will learn how to understand that like results are just results and like there's a lot more there's a lot more to it um and I think like when you take the pressure off of the results and you don't need them they come a lot more easily like that's the paradox 
so I think for me, like I have had to become very detached. Like I've only raced a handful of times this year because of fatigue and everything that I'm trying to sort out. And because of it, I've had to like become a person outside of my racing and outside of my results. Like who am I if I'm not like, you know, a successful cyclist? I've, I've had success to like, to kind of, yeah, add fuel to the fire literally my entire life. Like I've always been good at sports. So to go through a time where I'm absolutely not good at sports is like, (laughs) who am I otherwise? And like, how do I, how do I feel okay with like the person that I look at in the mirror every morning is like, that's been, it's been a, it's been a long process, but I'm actually really proud of like the work that it's taken and like kind of the, like the hard moments that have brought me here because I think that I'm actually at peace with it. Do you think that's something a lot of riders struggle with sort of because as you progress, your target of success is getting smaller and smaller and smaller Mm -hmm. and what, because you've achieved so much and what's left to achieve is getting smaller and identifying yourself and how you identify yourself as a rider. And as you were saying, you're so used to just winning everything domestically and nationally and then being on a world stage can be very difficult. That must be something a lot of riders are dealing with. But do you talk about it with other riders or? I have like some some riders that I'm like thankfully really close with um, and have had a lot of like really good conversations with. And even my boyfriend has had like enough success in cycling and has raced at like a really high level. So we're able to talk about that a lot, which like, means a ton to me um and then yeah like I have I have several riders that I'm close enough with that have raced like at an even higher level than I have that we're able to talk about it but I think like I think a lot of riders will grapple with that for their entire career and they may never be able to like to get a handle on it because like I think until you've been you know like in the 60s at a couple of world cups (laughs) when like you were you know like racing for top 15 the year prior. Um, I don't know if you ever have to deal with it. Like you can have some bad days, but like you can never, you don't like, you're not forced to deal with the idea of like, who am I outside of this? And I think it's why people take so long to retire sometimes. Like, because I don't know if people, if athletes like have always taken the time to figure out like, yeah, I, I'm a person like, and I have a lot of value outside of just being good at something like. So have you actively thought about sort of your mental health as something that you need to work for and towards because there seems to be a move um in the community that people are starting to approach it in terms of their physical fitness so i need to be doing things you know obviously things like headspace and meditation and things that people are doing more are there things that you do to try and manage your sort of mental health well-being Yeah, absolutely. It's funny. I was having this conversation earlier today about how like there were, there was like a point in my life where like my anxiety like reached a T and I had no idea what it was, why it was doing that or how I was going to manage it. But I just knew that like, I felt terrible a lot, like emotionally and like it manifested physically. And like, that was a really bad time for me because I was like, why do I just like want to cry? Even just writing an email, like this is, it's not good and everything like very slowly I was able to realize like, oh, I think that this is anxiety. And like, that was kind of the first step. And now like one of the biggest things that like I make no secret of because like there's no like reason to hide it is like I work with a therapist and it like 
has changed my life. Like it is so amazing to have a person that is just like kind and understanding that will be on the phone with me and be like, wow, that actually sucks. Like, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? And like having that person that like I pay just to listen to me and I don't have to feel guilty about being like, but what about you? You know, like, sorry, sorry for talking about me so much. Like I pay this woman money just for her to say, like just for her to listen to me. And I hope that someone can do that to her in return. And it's made such a big impact for me because I don't feel guilty about a lot of what I'm feeling anymore because I realize like that I'm not the only one feeling it. And it's given me like that, like forgiveness towards myself has been uh, like mega in, in my career and in my personal life. You've mentioned that you're not having the season that you want to at the moment, but Mm -hmm. did you notice when you started actively trying to approach your mental health in a more um, proactive way, did you notice improvements on the bike or was it more just an overall feeling of yourself? I don't know if I can like really differentiate between the two. And I I think the thing is, is like, I don't think that working with my therapist, like it didn't, it hasn't saved this year. Like I only recently started working with this person that I think has like made a huge difference. And it took me working with a couple of people that I like did not connect with to get here. Um, And that's like kind of the bummer of it is like, it's not just like when you decide to go to therapy that it starts working. It's like, it took me like two years of like working with other people to find someone that I, I really connected with. Um, but I think, yeah, so it'd be easy for me to say like, no, it hasn't impacted how I rode and it didn't help. But I actually think if I, if I'm being totally candid, like probably working with this woman has been like maybe the difference of me, like absolutely crashing and burning. Like I think that she's kind of helped me keep the ship afloat during like a really, really, really like for sure the hardest, you know, physical point in my career. Um, so yeah, it'd be easy to say like, nope, hasn't done anything, but I actually, because I, because I haven't gotten like, you know, fully better back to where I want to be. But I think that, yeah, she's really helped me like be at peace with the fact that as they say, like it's a marathon, not a sprint. (laughs) And I imagine it'll probably be looking back at your career, Mm -hmm. however long it is, you'll, you'll think, you might think, it wouldn't have been that long if I hadn't have started to make a change to my mental health oh absolutely not like I I think about some of the like I love going through old journals every now and then and I've always like been really into journaling um and not even from like a productivity standpoint you know like Tim Ferriss is obsessed with like bullet journaling and stuff I just do it like when my brain is like exploding with stuff I just kind of get it all out on paper and it, it feels a lot lighter. Um, and I'll like read back through old journals and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I was like, that was like not a, a not a healthy way to think about myself or my situation or talk about myself. Um, and so, yeah, I think that like, if it weren't for finding that bit of forgiveness, like I don't, I don't know if I'd have made it this far. <laughs> Just to sort of move on to the um, mentoring that you do, you run yeah. quite a lot of programs with, children of quite a wide range of ages um from what i've seen but um do you also do coaching as well of older athletes or no i don't do any like um specific coaching but you run those sort of summer camp type things yeah yeah tell us a bit about that 
the mainstay of like the mentorship that I do is what we call the Ellen Noble Cyclocross Quest. Um, and so over the years, um, I've mentored girls from ages like 12 to 18. Um, so we just in, actually last March in Tucson, Arizona, we had our third annual ENCX Quest, uh, which is super exciting just to have been able to have three years of it is, is so amazing. Cause like, I mean, year one, I don't even know if it was going to happen. You know, like I had no idea if anyone would even, if I could even get it off the ground and even more so if anyone would want to go. So to have three years where we've filled all the spots, um, has been just like kind of mind boggling, to be honest. Like we were talking about that support in cycling, like having people have enough faith in me to like mentor their daughters is like amazing. (laughs) Um, over the three years, I've worked with 27 unique athletes. Um, so we've had a lot of returning campers, but you know, because of scheduling stuff, we've had it like at a completely different time of year for all three years. So sometimes some riders can't return, but we've had only positive experiences. Like it's it's been so amazing. And so for the first two years, we did a skills camp where we just focused on cyclocross skills. And then last year we did like a, a pretty hard like endurance training camp. Um, and every year it's like what we teach at the camp and what the girls go home with in terms of physical ability is one part. But I think like creating that, creating that dialogue and that connection between like a professional rider and young women who are going through like kind of everything that I've been through in my career that I can help them with um, is really special. And a big thing that we talk about is like kindness to yourself and forgiveness for not being perfect and kind of meeting your my mantra is meet yourself where you are today without judgment and trying to convey that to them is something that I've seen them implement like on social media and at races and in their conversations with me and like it means like more than I could really articulate to see them like maybe have a better shot at like a little bit of mental peace than I had (laughs) you're obviously have got such a proactive attitude to giving back do you think the sport needs to do more in terms of mental health and if so do you think it's possible is there the structure already in place for them to do that I think that there has been like a pretty substantial like kind of paradigm shift over the last few years um of like way more honesty and transparency transparency um whatever the word is on social media. Um, I think that there are a lot of athletes that like still absolutely push like the only good days, like that sort of thing. And I think that there's a difference between like choosing positivity and then like faking positivity. Um, So I think like there are always going to be those athletes that like never show weakness and that whole thing. But I think that there are like, I think almost every athlete at least has kind of moved towards like, a little bit more vulnerability and that's like my biggest thing is like I think that vulnerability is like our biggest superpower like sensitivity is our biggest superpower so to be able to like harness that I think is really important and I think that it's going to make for a better generation to follow um but yeah I think that like probably the main thing in the sport that I can think of just off the top of my head in this conversation that I wish would change is the kind of the construct of like what it means to be pro like to act professional. And I think that there's like a pretty big difference between like being vulnerable and like saying inappropriate things that are unprofessional. But I think that a lot of people kind of equate like saying that things aren't going well or that you had a bad day or that like 
maybe it's like a really bad week for you and that not everything is perfect all the time. Um, I don't think that that makes you unprofessional. I think that that is like truly what it means to like, to have the privilege of being professional and have 50,000, a hundred thousand, a million people watching what you're doing, that privilege of having that platform. I think that saying that sometimes things aren't okay is actually very professional, but I think that there's like still this like extreme view that like, if you aren't always like life is good, thank you sponsor X, Y, and Z, then you're not being pro. So I think that that's like one of the biggest things that could change in this sport is understanding that distinction and moving away from like the must be pro in that definition. And I think it's important for athletes growing up or, I mean, I grew up loving sport and Mm -hmm. wanting to be a tennis player or whatever, Mm -hmm. but you watch the U S open or the Olympics Mm -hmm. or whatever. And you think, Oh, I want to do that. But you're not watching the training, Mm -hmm. the downs, you know, and now there is that platform where people can share. I think you're right. If it was encouraged for athletes coming through to be told, you know, it's professional to have this attitude, it probably would make a huge impact. Absolutely. Yeah. I think like, oh, I feel so bad that I've forgotten her name, but the woman, she was American and she finished fourth at the Olympics um, in BMX, I think in Rio. And I remember she had like posted a video basically. And she was like on the verge of tears after the race. And she was like, I know it's good. And it was like a really good race for me, but like, guys, this sucks. Like I wanted a medal. I was fourth. And like to be able to say that, like she never said anything bad about her sponsors. Like she never said anything bad about like the USOC. Like she was just saying like, this one's going to take a minute. And I think that that was like, you know, I don't know why like that just stood out to me as like really incredible vulnerability to be able to say like, I don't know, we're athletes, not robots. Sometimes, sometimes fourth hurts. <laughs> Do you think it's quite that moment after an event? I mm-hmm. mean, you must've been in that situation and you're having the media thrust in front of you. Mm-hmm. Do you think there should be something done around that in terms of, yes, engagement is really important and you know it's entertainment and selling Mm -hmm. it but there are definitely situations where I've been sat at home thinking why are we interviewing this person they are not in a good place I know like take the camera off of them like they've been through enough I think I think I agree with what you're saying in the sense of like oh my gosh like get the camera out of their face but then also if you like don't get that like vulnerable moment it's only encouraging the like well you're upset now but if we give you an hour we'll be able to get like a much more you know composed arguably robotic take on it where you can say like I'm just so thankful to be here like fourth is the best I could have done on the day and like it's you do take away that like that human side of it I think a little bit if we don't if we don't actually get people's candid reactions um so I just yeah I I myself and I hope that other people are kind of moving away from that like perfectly curated part of our life. Like it's super easy to do on social media and I think that it can bleed over into real life as well. And yeah, just like living authentically and just being, I'm a messy person, like emotionally, organizationally, the whole thing. Um, and I, I don't think that that's a, that's a bad thing. It's just who I am. And I think being, being myself is like the best thing I can do. 
And also on the flip side of it, I think you see a lot of pre-race situations where either team environments or national federations, they've got this very sort of, this is before the big World Cup, very serious, you know, if you're seen to be enjoying it it's considered a weakness and you're not trying hard enough Mm -hmm. and i i always feel like that's something that surely has to change because it's not the right attitude to have and i do feel that when you're at a cyclocross event even i mean at the waterloo world cup when i was walking around taking photos of athletes yeah they're serious but you see athletes a bit more relaxed than maybe other racing environments Absolutely. Yeah. I think like for me, I'm just like a, I think that I am, you know, like introspective and I like to think about things critically and I'm like very sensitive, but in the same token, I'm like a very like silly, laughy, happy person. So for me, if I were to try to like, and I've, I've tried so hard to like force myself into that, like quote professional box of like, I'm going to like be stern and like you know, like ready for war and like all, you know, like that sort of person. But like, it's not true to me. It's like disingenuous to try to force myself into that like sternness. And it has not helped me race well at all. Like the times that I've taken a little bit of time to like do something fun before an event and like just enjoy myself and be happy. Like it has, it has, um, yeah, like the energy that I've invested into doing something that like maybe, you know, sucks out some energy is definitely repaid itself in tenfold we should talk about the bunny hop the patriarchy stuff you've been doing um because not only is it an incredibly important thing in terms of um women in sport but also as a mental health problem as well that there must be a lot of women out there that struggle with that in terms of they're working just as hard putting in as much effort and finish line they're either not getting the same accolades respect pay whatever it might be mm-hmm. um do you see it's there is an improvement yeah i think the thing that i've like really tried to to do and it's funny because like i i like i've done interviews about bunny up the patriarchy but like i don't post about it or like what it means to me or like what my original vision for it was like i don't really write about it super often Um, but like what I have wanted it to grow into a little bit is really just like an inclusive, like as much as a hashtag or like an Instagram account can really be, I want it to be like an inclusive, like encouraging platform just to encourage like people in sport, um, you know, of all, of all genders to like push their limits and like just do something maybe a little bit scarier than they did the day before. And so like, it's not just about bunny hopping. Like some people can't bunny hop and they are years from having the skills to be able to do it. But it's like, if you like, you know, got out, got out and rode on dirt for the first time and like maybe got a little bit sideways or, you know, like some people try to wheelie or like maybe they just rode over a two by four and like they didn't even get off the ground, but they like, you know, and they cased both of their tires. Like that was, that's a big step. And like, I think for me, the idea of, like encouraging women to like get a little messy and like lack composure. Um, There is still this idea that mm -hmm. a woman has to, or a young girl, because it's mm -hmm. 
you know put in people's minds at a young age that mm. you know you know you come out of the sand pit you keep yes. clean you yep. know there's still these things that are going on this Absolutely. isn't something that is going to change overnight right and um, so if there's like a few girls that will feel like encouraged to like get out there freaking crash like yeah. and get back up and do it again and keep crashing like because like that's how like that's like what young boys were taught for a lot of their life. And for me, like I was definitely taught, like get out there, crash, like don't come in until dark. Like if there's not a bone sticking out, you're fine. That sort of thing. And not, not in like a toxic masculinity way and not in like in an insensitive way. My parents were just very much like my dad was like a feminist before he even knew like kind of what that meant. He was like, you know, he encouraged my mom and I to ride well because we were good riders, not because like, yeah we were women or anything like that. It was just like, just get out and do it because you can like, and no one's like, I will not let anyone stop you. Um, and so like kind of with that mentality, I love the idea that like there are going to be girls. Like I get tagged in videos of anyone bunny hopping and it's super cool because it's like not a super easy thing to do. And yeah, just that idea that people are going to push their limits and feel encouraged. And that's how the sport's going to grow. So we're talking about like feeling that, that pain of like not getting the same accolades, like, uh, you know, like there's no, there are no women in Red Bull rampage, but this year there are a bunch of like free ride and downhill women that are in Utah and they're like digging old rampage lines and they're riding it. And like, that's amazing. They're not going to be in rampage this year. Like who knows if they'll be in it next year, but like it is a huge step. And someday like there will be women in rampage and we're going to look back and be like, do you remember that year? Like where these, I don't know, maybe five or six women like braved the desert <laughs> in Utah and like went out and dug all these lines. Like it's, it's so cool to see these changes happening. And like, if I just see it like, so like systemic, like if women aren't encouraged to like get, you know, get messy as kids, then like, they're not going to be like as good as adults. And like, it's not irreversible, but like, if we don't change, like how we encourage like how we encourage young women differently than we encourage young men, then it won't change. And Well, it seems like what you're trying to do is almost, as you mentioned earlier, just redefine what a professional athlete is. And a professional athlete isn't just a man. A professional athlete isn't just someone who's really serious. A professional athlete isn't someone that, you know, n never has fun. So mm -hmm. introducing those things. Yeah. And it's not necessarily your responsibility to do that on your own, but it's sort of putting those things out there and then seeing, letting it sort of fly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and grow into whatever it grows into. Can it, um, it's been fun. It is, it's not, I've like very rarely done anything like with a particular intention. Like I didn't intend for bunny off the patriarchy to become what it's become. Um, I didn't start sharing things on social media because I, I didn't even necessarily anticipate for other people to feel anything about it. When I first started sharing, like I just was writing stuff that I was feeling and thought that I would share it with other people. But now I really do have the mindset, like my experiences are my experiences and whether I say something about it or not, it doesn't change that they happened. Like I'm still living this experience, but what I can impact is whether or not someone else like feels less alone or maybe like it gives them a little bit of, it gives them a way to maybe like skip over some of the really bad stuff. Like if they read it and they're like, Oh, that's exactly what happened to me. Like here's kind of like the process that she went through to, to overcome it. Like maybe they're able to save themselves some turmoil. And, and that's why I just really like sharing what I'm going through because 
I think that it might help other people and I can't change that it happened to me. Thank you for listening. If you would like to see the portraits from this week's episode, please go to findingspace.cc. For more interviews like this, please subscribe to the Finding Space podcast. But more importantly, if this story resonated with you, please share. The more we engage with the topic of mental health, the further we can go to break down the stigma.